This gospel is both really easy for me to preach about and really hard for me to preach about. It's really easy because the message that Jesus gives us is really clear. He's not ambiguous about it. But it's really hard because the message that he gives us is really difficult, is really sensitive, is really hard to swallow. And that message, of course, is that hell exists and that people go there. Now, we know the story. I'm not going to recap it. But we know that the rich man ended up in the netherworld and the poor man, Lazarus, ended up in heaven. At the end of that story, Abraham said something interesting. He said, if they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, talking about the rich man's brothers, who he was trying to warn from the netherworld, he was trying to warn that they too could end up there. If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. Now, in a sense, I think Abraham is right. Most people who hear the warning don't repent, don't convert, don't change their lives, don't turn to Christ. But is it really true that no one changes, no one converts, no one repents? This weekend alone, there will be 20 million people going to, 20 million Catholics going to Mass in the United States this, this Sunday. So today, 20 million Catholics are going to the United States. Maybe most of them, most of us, are already converted, are already on the path of God. But I presume that some out of those 20 million are not yet, are still considering, are still checking things out, are still searching. Out of those, will no one hear this warning and repent? Now, of course, the message from Abraham wasn't to the population in the world at the time. He wasn't talking about them. He was talking specifically about the rich man's brothers. Jesus, when he was telling this parable, he wasn't talking about the world, the other people. He was speaking to the Pharisees. That's who he was giving the warning to. Today, this morning, when Jesus tells us this parable here through his church, he's not giving this warning to other people. He's giving this warning to us. That's why he's telling us this parable. In my adolescence and in my young adulthood, I went far from God and far from the church. And one moment, one day, I remember vividly, I was riding my motorcycle recklessly and I was zigzagging through traffic. And I came to a red light and a car pulled up next to me and the driver rode down his window and he yelled out the window. He said, what are you doing? You're going to kill yourself. His message was clear. I couldn't wait until after I crashed before I tried to change my life. That would have been too late. I have to change now. Now is the time to change. Now is the time to turn to the Lord. Now is the time to convert. In the Magnificat, some of you may have read the reflection by St. Augustine, reflecting on this gospel. He said, My brothers and sisters, how we were all cut to the heart when this passage was read and when we heard this man's voice in the gospel. Father Abraham, send Lazarus. Let him dip his finger in water and drip it on my tongue. That image is interesting. We'll come back to that. Water and dripping it on my tongue. Because I am in agony in this flame. 
How afraid we felt of something of the same sort happening to us after this life, and of our pleading in vain for relief. There is no room, you see, for putting things right when this life is over. The teaching of Christ and of the Church from, for 2,000 years has been very clear. But this teaching doesn't exist for itself. It's not merely a message to make us scared. Whenever Jesus gives us bad news, the reason why he does that is so that we open ourselves up to receive the good news. Because that's why he came. That's the gospel. Literally, the gospel means good news. So why is Jesus telling us this? And what is the good news that Jesus is wanting to give us? Even if we stay within the parable. Okay, the rich man went to the netherworld. But Lazarus went to heaven. Why is Lazarus in heaven? That's finally the message here for us. That's what Christ is inviting us into. He's given us the warning about the rich man so that we may follow the way of Lazarus and spend eternity with God in heaven. The parable doesn't really tell us why Lazarus was in heaven. Jesus is often mysterious. He wants us to enter into, to engage into, to engage with him in these parables. We know that he was poor. We know that he lied at the rich man's door. We know that his name was Lazarus. We know that he was covered with sores, that he would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table, and that dogs even used to come and lick his sores. What do these things have to do with living a life that leads one to heaven? Now, in the last line of the parable, Jesus gave us a hint when he talked about somebody rising from the dead. They didn't get it at the time, but we know now that Jesus was giving us a little foreshadowing of what he himself would do. He would go on and die. He would go on and offer himself in sacrifice on the cross. And he would go on and rise from the dead. Jesus himself answered the prayer of the rich man from the netherworld. When he said, come down and dip your, wa- your finger in water and drip it on my tongue. That's what Jesus did. Jesus went on to do that. And now he gives us that, wa- that water, that water of eternal life. He gives us the water at, ba- at baptism. He gives us the living water, which is himself. He drips it on, his, on our tongues. Does that res- remind us of anything? He gives us himself in the Holy Eucharist and places himself on our tongues. Jesus himself, the word Jesus itself means God saves. That's what Jesus has come to do. He has come to save us. Lazarus opened himself up to receive Jesus' gift of salvation. Lazarus didn't save himself. That's why this, mess, this parable is so perplexing. He didn't go out and do a whole bunch of stuff to earn his salvation. He was poor. We've heard elsewhere Jesus talk about the poor in spirit. He lied passively in the parable in the rich man's door. But maybe we can translate that a little bit and say at the door of the king, Christ the king, the true rich, rich man. He lied there at his door, at his doorstep. He was covered with sores. St. Augustine says that that refers to his sins. He was covered with sores. But what would happen to those sores? Dogs would come and lick those sores. Jesus himself would come and tend to those sores and heal them and care for him and forgive his sins. 
That's what happens when we go to confession, when we open ourselves up before the Lord. God himself comes and heals us. They didn't understand it at the time, but we understand it now. Jesus has come to save us. He has taken our sinfulness upon himself. He died on the cross to save our sins. Jesus is answering the rich man's prayer. Jesus wants us to go to heaven. That is the good news. It's God's own plan. It's not ours. It's God's plan. It's why he created us and why he has come and why he is coming every day. There's more to this parable of Lazarus. There's more to the Christian life, as we all know. The fear of hell is not really enough. That maybe helps us get started, but we need to develop a relationship with God. That's finally what it's all about, to have a friendship with the living God. But here in this parable, I think Jesus is wanting us to focus on this point, that there is a hell, that people go there, but he does not want us to go there. He doesn't want you and I to go there. Many years later, I did convert, I did repent, I did get on my knees in prayer and pray a prayer to God and said, Jesus, I'm sorry. I give you my life. So that's my invitation to all of you as we come to this altar, as we come to this table, as we come ready to eat of the scraps of the table of the king. As Father Luan raises up the host, raises up Jesus in the Eucharist, we too can gaze upon him And we can pray a prayer, either of repentance for the first time or to renew our repentance, to renew our fervor for conversion, for holiness, for relationship with him. And we can say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I give you my life.